We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with the runway. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. I'm, as always, I'm here with Jason Pat. We're doing a live episode on the Locker Room app. And Jason, it seems like every time we do a live episode <laughs> yes. on the Locker Room app, the Bulls suffer a horribly humiliating loss. We did uh locker room after what i think it was the second game or do we do it after the first we did it after the first game the The hawks game game. hawks game uh we did one after the knicks game where they lost we did one what was it last week they lost against i don't remember what the game was and then we did the pelicans game where they almost blew a 20 point lead tonight they do blow a 20 point lead i think it was what they blew a 23 point lead jason bulls lose to the spurs 106 99 Uh, I thought this was going to be a schedule loss coming into it because the Spurs were coming off one day of rest. The Bulls, of course, on a back-to-back after they beat the Thunder last night, 123-102. So Bulls start out this game super hot. Uh, They were on fire. They were totally kicking ass in the first half. They go into halftime with an 18-point lead. At the end of the third quarter, the Spurs turn up the defensive pressure. The Bulls start to trip away the lead. Uh, it's down to a 13-point lead. By the time the third quarter buzzer ends, we're going into the fourth. Three minutes later, it's a single-possession game, and the Bulls had to rush back in their starters with Zach Levine going 38 minutes tonight. Uh, and by that point, I felt like you know the uh, the game had slipped away, essentially. So Bulls lose 106-99 to the Spurs. Bulls blow a 23-point lead. Uh, definite shades of last season during the Jim Boylan era when the Bulls were constantly coughing up big leads. Uh, obviously, the other game this will remind you of is the loss to the Thunder earlier this year when the Bulls, I think, blew a 24-point lead. So uh, really tough game. Jason, you tweeted it's the worst loss of the year. I guess you titled the the locker room, Room That. Uh <laughs> Yeah, it probably is. I think you're right. I mean, yeah, I mean, there there have been a few bad ones. You mentioned that Thunder one was bad. The game where they lost against Dame late was bad. Um, and just I mean, this and there have been a couple bad ones. But yeah, I mean, this one against the Spurs team who was they were terrible. The Spurs were also playing their third game in four nights, so like they were also 
possible schedule loss. I know the Bulls were on the second of a back-to-back here, but they were third game in four nights. They looked dead white, literally nothing but backboard on three-pointers. And I was like, this team looks absolutely dead. That great, like they didn't shoot that well from three either, but they were still just like consistently had a lead in the teens. And it's even when the game started to get a little closer, of course, my dumbass at, like, at the end of the third quarter when it got down to 13, I'm like, you know, the, the Bulls should be up by more than 13, but uh, you know, the lead still feels pretty safe. Like that's 13 point lead against a team missing DeMar DeRozan, missing their best player. Uh, they, they've looked bad all night, they're also not, uh, third and fourth games. I, I thought they'd be pretty safe. And then the fourth quarter starts, and a uh, b- terrible lineup on the court. It was, I think, a mostly bench lineup. Uh, the Bulls' just backcourt was brutal. I think it was a lineup with, like, Kobe, Arch, maybe Wendell. Uh, I can't remember. Maybe Otto as well. like Something like that. And and the lead just immediately shrunk. They scored. I don't think they scored a single point until Zach came back in the game a few minutes later. But then even the, the starters came back in. They get it back up to eight points at one point. You know, all right, the starters back in. Like, Zach's been pretty good today. The starters have kind of crushed the Spurs. Like, here we go, game over. And then I think the Spurs go on like a 15-0 run, just a complete meltdown for even the starters who had been playing pretty well. I guess mostly Zach and Thad had been playing pretty well for most of the game. Uh, just a total meltdown. Like, I don't know what they were doing offensively. Like, Zach kind of disappeared for a while. Uh, Thad was throwing the ball over the place. He finally missed a few shots around the basket. Uh, just some terrible turnovers and uh, Lowry was invisible after he had, did have one nice sequence in the fourth uh, to get the lead back up where he had hit a three, had a nice pass to Patrick Williams, but they just looked like they had no idea what was going on. The Spurs popped did a great job to start amping up that ball pressure. Uh, and uh, that really hurt Kobe white and just the bulls backcourt Sato that hurt Sato as well. It hurt Zach just battling defensively, just choked off the entire bulls offense. And it was turnovers. It was ugly shots, the rim, uh, Zach really did a total meltdown. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it is the worst law. Awesome. Like I said, there have been some bad ones. I brought up the few, but uh, when you blow a 23-point lead at home to a Spurs team missing their best player who had been, when they were 2 of 23 from 3 at one point, I mean, it's it's hard to get much worse than that, especially when the Bulls had won two straight games in dominant fashion. I know it was against basically G League competition in the Raptors missing all their guys and then the Thunder missing a bunch of guys as well, but like, to do that and then to go up big again when it looked like there were three straight blowout wins and then to lose this game with the with the Denver Nuggets game coming up on Friday in Denver, I mean, that's just an absolute killer, Ricky. God damn. Yeah, this would have been a big win for the Bulls just in terms of them, uh, you know, actually trying to make the playoffs this year. Thad Young said on a post-game interview, the goal is to avoid the play-in tournament. I think he said that after the Thunder win yesterday when I was watching on TV. So, you know, this would have been a great win for them, really, because the Spurs lineup change has obviously paid – immediate dividend the bulls got off to a great start yep. that young looked terrific uh sataransky even had a couple nice moves uh he definitely gives the bulls a much steadier presence than kobe white was able to do but the problem jason is that the bulls still have those same minutes now coming off the <laughs> and they're just as damaging so the kobe white minutes are just as damaging off the bench as they were in the starting lineup uh you know wendell just not a huge difference maker at this point. We saw Otto Porter in the Bulls blow a three-on-one break. Early <laughs> yeah. I thought it was like one of the most pathetic three-on-one breaks I've ever seen at the NBA level between Denzel and Otto. Uh, we got we got Kevin Farragut with us, though. Kevin, what's going on? Uh, thank you for hopping on. So I know that you were uh, you were texting me some takes during this Bulls game. Uh, you know, what were your initial reactions watching the Bulls uh, sort of collapse 
in the fourth quarter of this game tonight. Yeah, I mean, I was. Uh, it, it feels like deja vu with this team and with this group. Frankly, like uh, it. They, I mean, even against the Thunder, uh, was that last night? I guess that was last night. Yeah, they. I mean, that was a G League team, legitimately a G League team with like I guess. Uh, the the only difference being that they had Shea Gilgis Alexander and he's really he's great. Uh, pro, could have drafted him. Could have drafted him instead of Wendell Carter. Um, you know, uh, just putting that out there. But uh, <laughs> but that was basically a G League team, and they blew a near twenty point lead to them. Of course, they they blew it back out to a twenty point win. So like that gets ignored or whatever. But like that team was trash, and uh, to do this again is just. It's unbelievable. They they and like I, I know people want to say that like the the changing of the starting lineup is like uh, a big win or whatever. And I, I mean I guess, but like what have how, have we seen it really work? Because like the the two wins were against uh, the Crafters with with like missing three thirds, <laughs> and uh, and then the the Thunder who you know don't have any talent, don't have a lot of talent anyway. Yeah. And we're missing a bunch of their veteran guys. So it was basically SGA and a bunch of like Moses Brown. Yeah. Like a bunch of guys that like, you know, I, I follow the league, like the and like Moses Brown. I was like, who is that guy? He had 2015 what? and five or some yeah. shit like that. Yeah. I was like, an airplane with Brown once after who? an ADU weekend. <laughs> I have ever shared an airplane with behind Ralph Sampson. All right, sorry, go ahead. (laughs) I was just saying, like, who is this guy, and why are the Bulls making him look like Walt Chamberlain? Like, it was it was unbelievable. (laughs) And uh, yeah, and then this game, you know, I was like not that engaged with it, just because you know the Bulls seemed to have it well in hand from a pretty early going. But then, as soon as the lead started to dwindle, I turned to my wife and I said, like. The the Bulls are gonna blow this. Like they the lead had dwindled to like ten, and I was like, they're gonna lose. <laughs> like I just I could feel it in my bones, and uh, it was like Pop seemed to figure out that like uh, oh Kobe White can't dribble if you give him even a little bit of resistance. Why don't we uh, turn turn the knob up on on you know the the ball pressure? And it didn't work on just Kobe. Like Thad had six six turnovers. Um, Basically, all of the all of the young guys that were like essentially the haul from the the Jimmy Butler trade, like Lowry, and then getting Kobe and Wendell from you know the Bulls sucking ass for the last couple of years. None of those guys is a keeper to me, and I just I'm so sick of watching this group and watching them shit the bed and you know have that collective look of panic in their eyes <laughs> every time things start to go a little bit sideways. It's like. I don't know. Even if they like take a slight loss on talent, like get some of these guys out of here. I'm sick of watching them, honestly. <laughs> yeah, that was a 39-13 fourth quarter. As Patrick just said, Thad looked gas like tonight. Yeah, Thad did not have a good close to the game. Some bad turnovers, some bad misses around the basket. He missed a dunk. He tried. Uh, it just seemed like they were just like kind of throwing shit at the rim in that like late down the stretch uh, and throwing the ball all over. It was basically throwing shit at the rim and throwing the ball out of bounds. It's basically what they were doing. They, the only reason they had 19 points in the fourth quarter was Zach hit those threes at the end. Uh, I think at one point it was like 31 to nine in favor of the Spurs in the fourth quarter. Just, I mean, uh, again, he said just complete panic mode, complete meltdown, pretty brutal stuff. I, I do think, I, I think the lineup at the beginning of the fourth quarter, I do think Billy should take uh, some heat for a little heat for that. We, we blamed Jim Boylan all last year for about 
like that Lakers game last year where like he had all the bench guys in and they blew that big lead against the Lakers. Obviously the Lakers and the Spurs are a little different, but like uh, that lead was just was dwindling, dwindling with that garbage lineup out there to start the fourth. And they, it, I think he waited until like, it was basically tied to bring in, bring Zach back in. Uh, and it was brutal. And, uh, and that was just awful. And uh, just a total meltdown. It's such a, just such a disappointing loss considering I know, like you said, the G league opponents, the last couple games and the Spurs again, missing their best guy tonight and looking like a G league opponent themselves. Like uh, it's just a very disheartening loss. VJ here talking about how they have to do something at the trade deadline. Yeah. I mean, I, we got oh, basically a week now a week from tomorrow is the trade deadline and the bulls have the, the nuggets on Friday and then I think it's the Pistons and then the Jazz and then maybe what like one other game. Let me pull up that schedule for these games before the trade deadline. I think it's either maybe four games left. Let's uh yeah, yeah here we go. So we got at Denver, at Detroit, versus Utah, and then versus Cleveland. So four games left before the trade deadline. I mean, I guess you're hoping they should go two and two there. So if you're sitting at twenty and twenty three at the trade deadline. I mean obviously you're just you're gonna be right there in that mix because we t- talked about this in our last pod. Like they're kind of in like the playing tournament by default. Uh because the I think the Raptors lost again tonight. I think they lost to the Pistons actually, even though they got some of their guys back. The Pacers lost again tonight. So even though the Bulls are eighteen and twenty one uh in that in that nine seed, uh they're still a game ahead of the Pacers. They're a game and a half ahead of the Raptors, the Trashers. Uh so it's like yeah, I mean I I it just, they have to do something at the trade deadline. They need to either add something, uh, again, long-term talent. I don't want to add a rental. that's just dumb when you're chasing just the playing tournament, basically. Or, I mean, sell the guys. It does not look like they're going to tra- trade that young. I mean, we've talked about this, uh, which is fine. But, like, they they got to do something. It would, be, it would be very disappointing if they sat on their hands and just kind of let this roster play it out. They got to do something, right, Ricky? I mean, I fully agree, but, you know, when you're talking about them making a move, to me it seems more likely that they're going to move uh, Garrett Temple than they're going to move Who's Lauer. hurt? We, he's kind of like low-key. He's been out the last couple games, and, I mean, they've missed him. He's played pretty well this year, and he's been, yeah. I know. I'm saying I don't expect them to trade one of their quote-unquote young core uh, before the deadline, but, I mean, I fully agree with Kevin that this is a roster that badly needs to be shaken up. I thought that that should have been apparent even coming into this year because they had consistently been one of the worst teams in the league, and obviously they are very young, uh, and they have overachieved to their relative expectations so far this year, but uh, you know, it's a team that I, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but the Bulls have been beating up on bad teams all year. Right? Yeah, they're 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 they're, four, they're fourteen and six against I believe it's fourteen and six against teams under five hundred, and now yeah. they're like four and fifteen against teams over. And exactly. Like the Spurs are a type of team that should be like a decent litmus test, right? Like they're not a world beater, but twenty one and sixteen, they also got a lot of young players. Uh, and as you mentioned, missing DeRozan, like that should have given the Bulls every opportunity to compete in this game, even on a back-to-back. They had it and they just, they totally blew it. So uh, it's a type of loss that just makes you question, you know, like what do the Bulls really have? When I was watching Fad in this game early, I was starting to wonder like, how long could Fad keep doing this for? Back <laughs> I know. He's 32. Like, could he hypothetically perform this way until he's 35? 36. I mean, the passing is not going to go anywhere, right? I mean, his passings that have been ridiculous sloppy with the ball today, but like, he still had like six, five, six assists. Uh, I mean, the stuff he was doing that like against the Thunder, again, it is the Thunder, but like, I mean, it's been all years. The passing has been setting up guys and like the Thad Zach lineups have been great all season. And I, him and Zach are both been great. It's crazy. But he's, he's not going to be able to play heavy. Right. Minutes. Yeah. Like he played 31 minutes tonight. Like, 
in general, I don't think you're going to see him play more than 31 minutes very often. I don't know what you guys think about that. And I need Pat Will and I need Wendell to like get adopted by Thad. <laughs> but like, let them live with Thad and live with Thad's kids and let Thad just like tutor them on everything. And, you know, I just think it, that would be so beneficial for them because uh, if they can pick up some of the tricks of the trade from a good veteran like him, obviously, like, Pat Will's 19 years old. Uh, even Wendell, I think, is still only 21. He might have turned 22 uh, since the start of the season. Now he's still only 21. He turns 22 in another month. So uh, they're obviously young guys. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Bulls are just not really able to compete with legitimate teams with their young core, and that's what's so disappointing about this season. I think we should bring on Jafar here. You want to do that, Jason? Yeah, Jafar, you, you requested to ask. Jafar, we'll give you a question, comment here. I'll give you a minute or two to have the floor here. Let me call you up. Yo, what's up, guys? Great stuff, by the way. I'm really enjoying listening to you guys. Thank you. Um, so, uh, well, I wanted to just kind of say that, um, you know, I didn't have the chance to watch his game. You know, um, I kind of think it was a good thing from what I've been hearing from everybody. <laughs> I was looking at the box score. But um, I think this is the best. I mean, this is it, it's very bad because, they, you know, they lost um, that lead and everything. But to me, I think this squad, though, they're showing improvement from last year because when you look at it before, they had a losing mentality, whereas this year they have been winning games. And it's because I think a lot of it because of what Billy Donovan has been doing, you know, because when we had Jim Boylan before, from what I've been hearing from, I think Mark Stein and other people is that the entire organization was against Jim Boylan and then they needed a whole rehaul from the guard packs era. But I think right now with what the Bulls got going on, it is better than what we've seen in the before. But uh, I said it in the chat a little bit that, they uh, what they should do at the deadline, in my opinion, is that they should go for veteran point guard depth because Kobe White, he's a good, you know, young player, but there's no depth at the position. Sadoransky's been nice, but sometimes he's on and off. And then in the offseason, I think they should address the bigs because Wendell, he's good when he's healthy, but he's never played a full season. I think up to his career right now, he's barely played 82 games. And it's just not working out with um, Gafford. He's finding his way out of the rotation at times. That, that's just kind of what I wanted to say a little bit. Uh, absolutely. Thank Love you for coming it. on. Yeah, I'm just going to chime in to say disagree that Kobe White is. <laughs> uh, let's, let's, I guess, address those points. So I guess, like, look at the point guard. He had the point about the point guard thing. Uh, we talked about Kobe. Sato's been solid. Uh, like, I, like a veteran, like, I'm like what I'm curious what veteran point guard upgrade they could even make. Like, I mean, we talk about, like, I don't want a rental. I kind of mentioned that. Like, would they trade, like, would they try to trade for, like, a Kyle Lowry? Uh, we've talked about in our chat, our other chat, we've talked about, do they try just, Dotson out was like, I mean, Arch should not be playing the minutes he is. Do they try to, uh, like I said, do they try to trade for a Kyle Lowry? Like, I don't really know what you'd give up there. Like, I don't really want to trade like anything for a rental. Uh, far here in the chat says Ricky Rubio, who apparently is available. Uh, like, I mean, Rubio is, Rubio is okay. Like, I'm, I'm not totally, I'm not, I, I'm not, he said about the contract. I'm not totally sure what his contract status is, but like, I mean, I think what we, do, I think we talked about Rubio as a possible option uh, in the off season, even when the Bulls did not address their point guard spot. Uh, Ricky, I mean, what do you think about like, I got name. if they add, add a point yeah, guard? Yeah, I got a name I want to throw at Kevin and at you if you think that this is potentially realistic at all. What about DeRozan in the summer as a free agent? Uh, I believe he's going to be a free agent. And DeRozan has pretty much turned into like a big wing initiator this year. I don't have his numbers right in front of me, but uh, he's having a good year. Uh, he's averaging 20 points again this year. 
Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just pulling up the stat page uh, right now, but he's had another solid year. Uh, I think he's only 31 right now. So what do you guys think about DeRozan in the offseason? Maybe you give him two years, 40 million? Yeah, um, I don't think DeRozan would be bad as a stopgap option, to be honest. Um, just because I, he, he does still score really efficiently. He's improved his playmaking a ton in San Antonio. Um, he still doesn't really like to shoot threes very much, um, and he's still not very good at it, so it's probably good that he doesn't. you got to play him on the ball. Most. Yeah, that's, that's but- the tricky part is that, like, um, he's, he's got to be on the ball. Zach has gotten very accustomed to being on the ball. I think Zach would still be excellent off the ball. Um, yeah, for but sure. It, but it's just a matter of like, are you going to be able to take Zach Levine off the ball for DeMar DeRozan, uh, who's not better than him right now? And in, you know, after Zach just became a first time all-star, so that's a little bit complicated. Um, uh, and also like, uh, DeRozan's a better playmaker now, but he's still not like, you know, a number one that you would really want to be your, your top playmaker. So it's like, is Zach secondary playmaking with DeRozan as like, you know, are they good enough to be like two secondary playmakers working together to essentially create like the cobble together, the equivalent of a, of a lead ball handler? I, I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't really know. Um, but I, I wouldn't hate it just because like they just need more talent. Um, and you know, I think they're going to have cap space. I don't want them to spend it on Lowry marketing because he sucks and I hate watching him. Um, <laughs> he was bad tonight. He was really, he was real bad tonight. He's bad he every night. Totally he's invisible. The <laughs> he's the worst defensive big man in the league. I swear to yeah, God. Like, the Acapodal was destroying him down low. <laughs> he, yeah. like, I, I hate the Europeans are soft thing um, because it's mostly not true, but Lowry marketing is fucking soft, man. That dude plays, he's got all these glamour muscles and he plays so fucking soft. You can't stand it. That's why it's shocking when he actually throws down like a big dunk like he tries occasionally but he actually made the one over moses brown yesterday and it was shocking but he only tries to dunk like that on scrubs like he never (laughs) challenges you'll never see him go at like rudy gobert for a dunk like that like he's like oh moses brown that guy just came out of the g league i'm gonna yam on him like he's 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 a bum slayer like i he he I wrote about it like before the season started when I, I wrote a little piece on my, my stupid little blog uh, saying that they shouldn't bring him back because he's probably going to cost too much. And also like even his like impact metrics overrate him because he kicks ass against scrubs. Um, and then when you put him against like uh, top 10 level defenses uh, or top 10 level teams, so basically like your playoff teams – he always looks like all of his numbers go in the shitter. And it's just like, he's not that good. And I just don't want to watch him anymore. So don't pay him. <laughs> if you pay DeMar DeRozan like for two years, if you can get him uh, to commit to a two-year deal, I think that's fine. I wouldn't hate it. Um, I mean, I guess all- the con- well, the conversation we've had before, obviously, is Lonzo Ball. About tra- I mean, they could trade for Lonzo. It doesn't look like they're going to trade for him. But would you throw him an offer sheet? Um, that's another one I wouldn't hate. Like, I, I would be pretty into Lonzo, honestly. But like, I just... I would be very surprised if the Pelicans didn't match with him just because it seems like he fixed his shot and like that was he still can't really dribble, but like neither can Kobe White. And at least at least Lonzo's a good defender and can pass really well. Um and doesn't turn the ball over all the time. Uh so like yeah, I mean I would I would be pretty happy with Lonzo, but like I just I feel like the Pelicans are probably gonna want to match unless you like overpay stupidly for him. 
Um, and then it's like, well, is that a good idea? I don't know. The, the Bulls really do need talent. So, yeah. Yeah, I think Bobby Marks claimed today that he thinks he'd be surprised if like the Pelicans matched at something like 18 million and above, which obviously that would be a, a decent amount. I think that's what like Lowry is probably looking for. I, mean, I don't know what Lowry will even get like now, considering he's always hurt. He's one, very pretty one dimensional. So it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. What kind of, what, what, what kind of contract do you think Lowry's going to get? I would give that money to Lonzo all day over Lowry. Um, it's really hard to tell what what the contracts are going to be like this this offseason just because like there is I think a lot of money out there and there's not a lot of talent in the marketplace. Right. And like I I could see some you know some GM uh being like, "Well, I'm not going to have this cap space again in a while and like I'm just going to bet on skill level, size and youth and and hope that it works out." Um so I, I don't know, but like I just there's almost like no number I would want to bring Lowry back at because like he's like I said like the worst defensive big man in the league I think um and he is really one dimensional offensively he doesn't make anybody better he actually I think like stops the ball movement on the offense so like even his you know scoring is like pretty overrated because he doesn't use it to like le- he doesn't he doesn't leverage his scoring to like create opportunities for other people and I don't know. I just like I'm sick of watching him, and I I just he hasn't gotten better in like four years, and he's never healthy. He gets hurt all the time. Like just get him out of here. <laughs> I fully agree with you, Kevin. I'm Lowry, but he is having by far the best year of his career this year. He's upped his true shooting percentage by ten points over his career. And that's just he's making threes. Yeah, that's all. I know, but. Uh, do you think this could be the level of shooter he actually is? Do you think he never approaches these shooting numbers again? My only thing with Lowry is I would really not want to lose him for nothing. So I'm not saying that you got to get like a shiny new toy for him, but I would like them to at least capitalize on the asset. Cause like you took the lumps on the worst year of his career. I think like on his next contract, while I don't think that he's a good fit for what the way the Bulls are trying to play in the future, at least according to what Karnaschovas has said so far, uh, it would be tough for me to lose him for nothing as an asset. So, you know, what do you think? Could there be a sign and trade there? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I guess it depends. Um, but honestly, like, it, yeah, it would suck to lose him for nothing. But, like, I honestly kind of feel like they they blew that window by not trading him when they didn't like come to an agreement with him as on an extension and off season. Yeah. And reportedly were like not even close to getting a deal done. Like I, I think that that was when you trade him because like, yeah, he's having his best year ever. And it's like, it's still not all that impressive. And like, I still don't think he really contributes to winning in a meaningful way. So like, I don't know, like I said, maybe some, some team is out there that's like chomping at the bit to, to, to get him but i i don't know who it is i like i mean if somebody can point it to me like what team is really going to be like excited to give up an asset for him um and then have to deal with his restricted free agency uh you know it's kind of tough and i just um you know that there might be a team willing to take a swing on him as a restricted free agent but like in the off season. And like I, I said, there's probably going to be somebody that'll pay him just because there's so much money out there. But I don't know that there's those teams are also going to be willing to give up an asset to, like, an asset. to, 
to get his match rights because that's really the only benefit there. Um, yeah, well, so- I'm remembering that like Brogdon was involved in a sign and trade in free agency. Was he restricted free agency at the time? I believe so. Yeah, well, I yeah. think that's the only time you can do a sign and trade like that. Um, so that. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I don't expect Lowry to get moved in the next two weeks. But it'd be nice if they could sign and trade him in the offseason. Uh, but, I, I mean, I agree. Like, there's no easy uh, trade partners right now. Like, New Orleans has been the one we've talked about just because the Bulls have been mentioned as being interested in Lonzo. Lonzo seems like a decent fit. And New Orleans has no shooting in the front court when it seems like all you really got to do is surround Zion in space and just let him eat. Uh, so maybe Lowry could be good there. But, like... That still isn't really a good fit because Zion sucks at defense. Right, the Pelicans are like the, the Pelicans are historically bad defensively. Like, what is adding Lowry? Their, their offense is great even without the shooting, but their defense is historically bad. So, like, it does. I don't even think it really works. Yeah, it it turns out that if you have a monster that can get to the basket at will and scores at like seventy, like at like seventy percent at the rim, um, that that's pretty good for your offense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, regardless of spacing, because he doesn't need spacing to just like barrel into people and (laughs) score um but yeah no i mean i don't think lowry's really that great of a fit in in new orleans like for the reasons you guys said and like if they wanted to go that route like why wouldn't they just go get like miles turner you know like he's on a cost-controlled contract he actually can protect the rim um and he shoots threes like not as well as lowry but like Lowry doesn't shoot as well threes as well as Lowry in most other seasons, so who knows? <laughs> Maybe the Kings or Wizards will have to save us. Like <laughs> that's what it comes down to a lot. Yeah. Of, uh, um, go ahead, Jason. I was gonna say, uh, uh, try to wrap up here in the next few minutes. But uh, back to the point guard. I mean, actually, actually, last thought on the Lowry thing. I'm just also just like looking at Wendell as well. Like I just feel like this front court thing is like just not working with totally. them. Billy, Billy benching, benching Wendell and making these moves. I think is just like maybe like the final straw here with like the Lowry Wendell front court of the future thing. Like, I feel like that's dead. They've been awful together. Uh, you got to move at least one of them or even both of them. Like, I mean, I think you could at this point, like both guys are expendable. Uh, I don't know in what kind of deals. Again, we've obviously just kind of talked about this kind of stuff, but uh, super disappointing considering the expectations that we had for, had for those guys together. Just said, just it hasn't really panned out for a variety of reasons. For sure. It looks like over two. I mean, like, at this point, you can't really project either as an above-average starter moving forward long-term. And that's what's been so disappointing about this season, that, like, even though there have been good vibes from the Bulls this season, uh, none of it was because of their young guys. It was all because of their veterans. So, like, Wendell did not claim the center spot this year. Lowry didn't claim power forward. Kobe certainly hasn't claimed point guard. So, uh, definitely all looks very much up in the air for the Garpax core. And pretty much at this point, like, if Garpax drafted you, you probably aren't good. <laughs> like, Denzel sucks. Hutchison sucks. Kobe, Lowry, Wendell. I mean, n- nothing. Just, just guys just right guys. now. So, yeah. Um, I was going to one last thought on the point guard situation back to Kobe. VJ had brought, brought up Kemba here in the chat. I feel like Kemba might be just dead. Uh, the Celtics are kind of a joke this year because I think Kemba's Kemba, Kemba has taken such a huge step back and missed all this time. Like, like theoretically, like a good version of Kemba would probably be really nice for this team as like a secondary guy to Zach who can shoot and handle the ball. But like he has just been, I mean, he might be, yeah, I don't know if like totally washed, but like between these knee problems and then just like he hasn't been very good when he's played. Like, I, yeah. 
and he's small. Like at, at defensively, I feel like they you'll run into some of the same problems with that backcourt with Kemba and Zach as you would as you Kemba uh, Zach and Kobe. So it's like I mean, obviously Kemba like when he's healthy and like rolling, he's still pretty good. But like I, he's got a big huge contract still with a couple years left on it. I think he might have a player. I'm not sure what the fourth year that deal is, but like I don't know about that either. Um, All right, listen, guys. Point guard of the future is DeRozan. Thirty three percent assist rate. <laughs> Get to the line. It is great of his career this year. He's the point guard of the future. Yeah. Uh, let's address the last comment here from a listener here. This is from Michael Allstad. Mike Michael Allstad. Is that like the former Buccaneers fullback? Uh, what will making the playoffs teach this team? Will the playoffs make Kobe a better ball handler? Will they give Wendell better hands? Make Denzel a better decision maker. This roster isn't good enough. I mean, when it comes down to it, I mean, that's obviously kind of what we were just talking about. Like, they need, they clearly need more talent. Like, I do think there would be some value in getting to the playoffs just to, like, make maybe make Zach happy. He's never been to the playoffs. So, like, he's obviously dying to get there. So, like, if you're hoping to sign Zach long term, like, I think getting to the playoffs could at least help him in, like, help in that regard, possibly, maybe. Uh, but besides that, like, yeah, like, I mean, if you're getting in the playoffs and if you get past the plane, whatever, I mean, you're almost certainly just getting your ass absolutely handed to you in the first round. Whether you're playing the Sixers, Bucks, or Nets, that's probably who the Bulls would end up playing. You're going to lose in maybe a gentleman's sweep at best. So, like, like you say, what does, like, how does that really help you? Uh, again, I think it would be good for Zach, but for everybody else, I mean, considering we think basically everybody else on the roster is expendable, like, I don't really know how much that would help. I mean, maybe it would just help in terms of, like, hey, it's the Bulls in the playoffs again, and they're kind of relevant, and, like, maybe it would help with in terms of just perception of the franchise. But, I mean, yeah, the bottom line here, as he said, like, the Bulls do need more talent, and as and while the team has been better, I mean, it's basically all just based on Zach and the veteran and, like, Thad Young, and then Sato has been good. If you just look at, like, all the lineup data, it's basically, like, any lineup with, like, Zach, Thad, Sato has been, like, really good. But then you put in the – you mix in, like, all the young guys, and it's really bad. So they're just kind of in, like – they're in a weird spot for sure where they have the stud player with Zach. They have a couple good veterans, but they clearly need another one or two, like, really high-level players. So the question is just, like, how do they get those guys? And, like, how do they turn – go from – this? they've gotten from awful dumpster fire to mediocre. So, like, how do you get to that next level? And that's, like, the big question right now. And it's, and it's just kind of a weird spot given with Zach's – own free agency coming up uh, and just with, and with the rest of the players on the roster. So I, I don't know. It, I, was, I was just going to say quickly I that like watching Ryan Archie Diacono still <laughs> play for this team. Like what? The <laughs> fuck? Just like get some new guys. You have to keep every Garpax guy, even Archie Diacono and Felicio in Denzel. I mean, Denzel, Denzel had guys. a Denzel is guys. Denzel is down to like, He's under 40% shooting now, and he's from like from three, he's like sub 43, or he's like sub 35, 34. Like, he's not even shooting that well anymore. I mean, there was a, a sequence today where he missed the three pointer, loose ball, uh, ends up getting it back, and he jacks like a three, like early in the sh- early in the clock again. Like, it's like, what are you doing? It's it just like, I just don't understand. Like, his shot selection is just insane. Obviously, we talked about that, the Raptors game where he, where he went nuts, like hit three threes in a row, and he acted like they just won the NBA Finals. Just and that last shot was like a heat check. It's just it's the, and that kind of stuff all the time. Uh, so yeah, I mean, just like Arch, I mean Denzel, and we. This is something we hammered home coming into the season, throughout the season. Like, why some do some of these guys that still have roster spots? Like Felicia, like the excuse was that like they can use his trade, his like salary in a in a trade. Uh, well, they better fucking use it or something, or they better cut him if they like if he's still on the roster past the trade deadline. Eat that money, bring in somebody else. 
give Devin Dotson some minutes. Just use somebody else instead of some of these just guys who've been here and who, like you said, just haven't really uh, contributed to this team. It's ridiculous. Uh, Questionnaire, I know he's heard, do we miss Chris Dunn? Uh, I mean, he can't even play. I, I, I th- theoretically, they miss his defensive presence on the perimeter, but I mean, he's not even playing right now because of this weird injury with him. Uh, so who knows there? Should they move Otto? I feel like Otto has almost zero value right now. Uh, I mean, what do you like? What what should they do with like Otto? Like, should they buy him? Like, is he gonna get bought out? I feel like probably not. If he's gonna be around, you might as well keep him. But like, what are you even getting in a trade for Otto Porter at this point? Otto is just salary filler. Yeah, like. If you wanted to like go get Kyle Lowry, you, you'd like package like a couple of the young guys in an auto for to get him. Like that's probably all he's good for. Like he's he he isn't even any good anymore. Uh, like he used to be good, but just unhealthy. Now he sucks and he's never <laughs> healthy. So you know they he's. He's another one that's probably just going to get another bag this offseason because there's so much money out there and there's nobody to give it to and people will just talk themselves into it. But he's been <laughs> – Otto is like the, the king of like stealing money basically. <laughs> um, my, I salute him. I salute that man. I mean, he steals, yeah, stealing a ton of money and drinking Kirkland champagne and doing just doing his thing. Yeah, stealing stealing uh, millions of mo- dollars from billionaires is like you know that's very aspirational. <laughs> good good for yeah, good for Otto Porter Jr. Um, oh my god! But hopefully he's not on our team after this year. And honestly, it'd be fine with me if he wasn't on the team after the trade deadline. But I just don't think he has a ton of value because you can't rely on him to be healthy, and he he makes it so much money. So he's basically only valuable if you're if you're trading for a, a big salary. Yeah. Um, before we wrap up, I see our guy, Mark here, fellow blue wire, uh, podcaster, Mark, do you have any, do you want to join us here for a quick take, uh, before we wrap up here? If not, please shut me down immediately, but, uh, I'll give you a second here. If you, I guess I'll invite you up. And if you say yes, oh yeah, there we go. Here he is. Mark, thank you for joining us here to wrap up our pod after this disastrous loss. Give us your fire take after a terrible game. Well, I just wanted to come in and say, I mean, Wendell did a pretty bad job on Yaka Pertle tonight. I mean, what did Yaka <laughs> Pertle have? 20 points, 16, 16 rebounds. I mean, is that all Wendell's fault too? I'm, not, I'm just defending my guy. <laughs> um, I'm assuming you guys talked about that. But well, I, I came into the chat when you guys were slandering uh, Larry Markner, which is more my uh, more my level. So uh, I, was, I was happy about that at least. So. We, we, didn't, we didn't trash Wendell too much tonight, although – it was he had a pretty rough game, but that was mostly because he kept getting called for fake fouls, which was uh, also frustrating. Yeah, that, I mean that first one, Keldon Johnson, I think just like tripped over. No, or was that? Yeah, I think that's who it was. Just tripped over his own foot, and they called a foul on him. And I think that, like the next possession down, uh, I think he, Wendell got like hit in the face on a drive, and they called it on him again. Just uh, he's some of the unlucky. He's been struggling, obviously, but like some of the unluckiest fouls, I feel like I called on him. Just brutal luck. For Wendell Carter Jr., it's unfortunate. I know, I, Mark. I know he's your guy. I know you go to bad for him on Twitter all the time, and I do think uh, some of the t- the talk about how like the Bulls like desperately need like a legitimate big man. I mean, we talked about how they, they could use like an upgraded big big man at this point, but like the Andre Drummond stuff, I think is whatever. And like, 
I don't think Wendell deserves all the blame for all the defensive issues inside him. We talked about Lowry's own terrible defense and the guard defense is obviously bad, but uh, I mean, it's just been kind of just disappointing in general for all these guys. And that's, we've obviously talked about this, but uh, yeah, I, no, that's all fair. I'm just, I'm just messing around. But the last yeah. thing I would say, not that you need my input into the show, but uh, after the trade deadline, uh, the next nine games after the trade deadline, I want to read you the schedule. So it's it's at Spurs, at Warriors, at Suns, at Jazz. Then you've got the Nets. Uh, and then you've got the at Indiana Pacers, at the Hawks, at the Timberwolves, at the Grizzlies. So eight of the, the next nine after the trade deadline are on the road. So it um, should be an interesting uh, few weeks. And, and like actual like legitimate teams for the most part. There's a few <laughs> clunkers in there, but like that's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's rough. Yeah, I mean, we haven't even talked about that. Thanks for bringing that up. But we look at the next couple of games, and like they have a few weak teams. But yeah, after the deadline, I mean, that could go if they keep playing like they have against good teams. Like that shit's going south. So I mean, they have to at least think about that as they go into the trade deadline here. Um, but I got I got nothing else here. Uh, we've been going for like forty five minutes. We should wrap it up. Ricky, you have any final thoughts here uh, before we finish this up? Nah, we went twenty minutes longer than I said we were going to. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Uh, That's my bad. It's all good, all good. We, we always uh, thank love you when you guys for, join us. Kevin, it's, thank you yeah. for jumping on Jafar. I thought that was a great comment. Thanks for uh, jumping on VJ and Chris and everyone else. So, yeah, it's good to have other guys talk instead of us just yammering bullshit the entire time. So, thank you guys for joining us. This has been Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We are part of the Blue Wire Network. Shout out to them. Please go check out all the other great pods across the Blue Wire Network. I know. Uh, we have a bunch of pods who also do stuff on Locker Room as well. So shout out to Locker Room. Uh, we've been doing these every week now, and we're going to keep doing these every week for the rest of the season. It's a lot of fun. We love talking to you guys. We love having you guys join us, giving us your thoughts. Uh, a lot of fun stuff for us at Cash. Please um, rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. We're on uh, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, all those places. So for Jason and Ricky, and thanks to all the other guys again for coming on. This has been Cash Considerations, AH High Wolves Podcast. We will talk to you guys next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.